0: Good morning, everybody. It's time for your Wednesday edition of Finger Lakes Today, presented by DeSanto Propane. I'm Paul Russo.
1: And I'm Rebecca Swift. Sorry. Coming up, we're talking about how egg prices are impacting local bakeries. We'll also hear from Peter Mantias, who will talk about a recent decision about the state's Green Amendment.
0: But uh, first, we got to talk about the weather. Josh Durso here with us. And Josh... Feels like the cold cold is here to settle in here for a couple days.
2: (sighs) Yes, but if I told you that better days are ahead, you would would quickly forget about this incredibly cold Friday that we're going to have. So uh, mostly sunny skies today. Of course, it's Wednesday. Uh, High around 27, low 21. You know, we're going to see the sun the better part of the next two days. So cash in on that first, right? So we've got the front end that's good. We got the back end that's good. Partly sunny skies tomorrow as well. High around 36. I mean, that's not terrible, right, for February 2nd? We're not going to complain about that. Friday is where it all comes crashing down for us. Uh, Snow likely. That snow is likely going to start Thursday night. Um, Wraps up Friday morning. Not a ton of accumulation, inch or two, maybe three inches in some places, but nothing serious. Um, High of around 12. That morning, it's going to be cold enough where... I'm assuming some school districts are going to consider canceling school. Don't know if that's going to actually play out, but if I'm guessing whether there's going to be zero closed schools or many closed schools, 90% chance there's going to be more than one closed school. So think about that. Uh, Saturday stays kind of cold, uh, 19 degrees, mostly cloudy, low 14. But then we start warming it back up, 38 on Sunday, 37 on Monday, Uh, mostly cloudy skies both of those days and heading into next week. But looking at some of the longer range uh, forecasts, maybe by Wednesday of next week, we could be pushing 46, 47 degrees. So one day of super cold, a couple days of February. And, you know, other than that, more of what we've had for most of winter now, which is just warmer than normal temperatures. We'll take it.
0: I'm not opposed to that either. At
2: that we'll take point,
1: it. do you know if we're supposed to get any snow on?
2: There is literally no serious snow in the in the forecast at all for the next week, and you know by the middle of next week we're looking at you know temperatures in the mid 40s. So I mean that's you know there there comes a point here where this sitting and waiting for winter to come crashing down on us just I don't want to jinx anything. I'll knock on I'll knock on wood here, but well, you, not you lied, know I, like. <laughs> There comes a point where it just doesn't matter. Yeah. There's not enough time in winter left to really crush us. Like, we're getting, you know, by the end of this week, one week down in the shortest month of yeah. the year in yep. winter, and we're closer to March. And by the time we get to March, you might get cold, but winter in earnest is over. I so, mean,
1: fair enough, Josh. I kind of feel like you're making I, an excellent point there. And yeah. I'm not going to fight you on it. I
2: know a lot of people are going to say, well, wait a second. We've had Mother's Day snowstorms, we've had all these. Yes, you can get those big snowstorms in April and Mar or March, April and May, but they do last snow doesn't last that long that time of year around here. So I remember one year i had summer
0: baseball a game on Mother's Day in a blizzard up in yeah. Geneva. Like Yeah. It's not a pleasant experience, but I do remember the next day I'm pretty sure I was wearing shorts. That's school. that'll happen. So yeah. Big yeah. that'll happen. Uh Welcome if you to upstate want, New York.
2: If you want the latest forecast information, check out the Fingerlakes One dot com. Weather Center, that's Fingerlakes One dot com, hyphen Weather Center.
1: All right, Josh. So we have a question, news related question about mobile sports betting. (laughs) Um, Is mobile sports betting sustainable in New York? And what are DraftKings and FanDuel saying?
2: Well, so when the state uh, allowed legalized uh, mobile sports betting, the tax rate on that uh, revenue pulled from companies like FanDuel and DraftKings was set at 51%. Now those companies are saying it's not a sustainable number. So uh, the CEOs of both of those companies are saying that the tax rate needs to be lowered between ten and twenty percent in order to make doing business in New York workable long term. So the uh, mobile sports betting, if we're going to talk about total numbers, mobile sports betting drew like one point seven ish billion dollars in its first full year of operation. Um, DraftKings and FanDuel are saying, don't expect those numbers every year. Expect something probably in like the 10 to 20% less category. But when you you figure that the state is taking 51% of that, so the state pulled in around $760 million last year that was used for education, uh, problem gambling prevention, and things like that, big chunk of change. And that's a lot of money for those companies that are – operating uh, mobile sports books to have to uh, pay back. Um, and the other thing, too, is those. Uh, both of those companies said that the, quote-unquote, real tax rate is something closer to, like, 70% when you figure the other taxes that businesses of all shapes and sizes have to um, endure. So for every dollar that they make, essentially 70 cents of that is going to New York State or some agency and for in form of tax payment that is a that's a tough it is a tough number to work from from these companies from the company's standpoint because you know they've got expenses there's a lot of technology involved maintaining all of this marketing um they said that marketing and promotions would be the first thing that take a hit in new york state if uh if the tax isn't reduced uh you know what are lawmakers saying about it well their argument is is that we can't reduce the amount of money that we've promised folks in education or the problem gambling folks. So we need to figure out a way to still make as much money, but perhaps lessen the burden on individual companies. So one thing that's been proposed is increasing the number of allowed operators in New York. So kind of creating a sliding scale Where uh, if there's 13 to 14 operators, the tax rate would be lowered to like 35%. If there's, you know, more than 15 or 15 or more operators, the tax rate would be lowered to 25% instead of 51%. So significant, yes. Will we see that happen? I don't know. Will this have a real short-term impact on DraftKings, FanDuel, Caesars, or any of those that are allowed to operate in New York? I don't think so. No. But this is definitely going to be something to watch because it is – you'd be very hard-pressed to find an industry in New York State that's taxed harder than the, the gaming industry now with mobile sports betting and this 51% tax. It's huge.
1: Yeah, I know. And um, moving along from there, I think you did a, <coughs> an interview with Peter Manias, Correct.
2: Yes, yes. So uh, it's not very often that a landmark court decision uh, flies under the radar, but that's pretty much exactly what happened in December uh, when a court in Monroe County supported a provision in the state's Green Amendment allowing New Yorkers to sue the DEC uh, if their constitutional rights to clean air or water is violated by a DEC-permitted facility. I caught up with Peter to talk about what that means. Obviously, he's done a lot of reporting on that topic, so check that
3: out. Okay, Uh, yes, the story uh, that I published um, had to do with a December uh, court ruling. The, uh, uh, The Supreme Court in Monroe County ruled on what is apparently the first test case of how New York's Green Amendment is going to be applied. And the Green Amendment um, was passed by a statewide referendum in November of 2021. Uh, roughly 70 to 30 um, was it, it passed by a wide margin about 70 to 30. Uh, that happened after the green amendment uh, had had passed two consecutive uh, sessions of the state legislature And really all the green amendment does is insert into the state constitution the rights to, um clean air, clean water, and a healthful environment. And uh, this amendment was added um, it, it it's it's been a campaign that's going on for uh, for several years. it uh, it grew out of a movement that is going on nationwide right now to try to spread these green amendments in in state constitutions. And so far, uh, really the only ones that have, uh, Um, have really completed that task are Pennsylvania, Montana, and New York. But others are in various stages. Several other states are in various stages. Okay, now the importance of the ruling uh, by the Monroe uh, Supreme Court is that it says that a citizen or a group um, can sue THE DEC IF THERE IS A VIOLATION OF THEIR CONSTITUTIONAL RIGHTS TO CLEAN AIR AND CLEAN WATER. NOW, WHAT'S SIGNIFICANT ABOUT THIS IS the, the, THE CURRENT STATUS QUO IN NEW YORK IS THAT IF YOU'RE A CITIZEN, YOU REALLY DON'T HAVE A LOT OF OPTIONS. IF YOU, SAY YOU HAVE, SAY YOU ARE SUBJECTED TO uh, LANDFILL ODORS THAT ARE REALLY HORRIBLE AND DON'T LET YOU GO OUTSIDE OR WHATEVER. Um, you, you don't have a lot of options. You can you can sue the DEC um, for the permit, challenge the permit, the landfill's permit, but it's very very difficult to win in court because you have the burden of prove to prove that the the, the permit was was uh, awarded capriciously or uh, it's, it's a high it's a very high burden and courts uh, rarely. Uh, side with the citizen over the DEC they they uh they allow uh a lot of leeway for the DEC's discretion on those kind of issues what's different about this ruling is this says now a citizen can sue uh the DEC directly um not over the permit the permit doesn't have anything to do with it all that matters is is the is the air um Mm -hmm polluted or not. And if if the DEC is not taking action to prevent that air from being polluted, then it's subject to being directly sued. Um, now, it's going to be very interesting to see how Governor Hochul and the DEC respond to this, because this is going to be a sea change in how uh, the environment is regulated in New York If it if this stands. There's a really good chance it could be altered or possibly even um, overturned on appeal. And there'll certainly be many more um, other cases um, dealing with the green amendment that are going to refine exactly how this is gonna be applied. Um, but if it stands uh, as decided in early December by uh, by Justice John Arc, um, it, it has major implications for the big landfills in the Finger Lakes, including Seneca Meadows, High Acres, uh, the Ontario landfill, um, even some of the other ones, uh, uh, Hakes and, and Chamong and Island, all all of those, and then the, the Dunn landfill uh, near the Albany area. All of these landfills have a problem with odors, or at least the people that live near them think they have a problem with odors. And in the past, what's happened is uh, the the odors have existed. The, the, the landfills have not totally stopped the odors, um, and then sometimes they get fined, sometimes they don't get fined. Uh, but it doesn't it doesn't do anything necessarily to their permits. They're still allowed to operate. So. A cynical landfill operator could just say, well, we'll just uh, consider the uh, the fines for allowing odors the cost of doing business and we'll go on our merry way. Uh, See, now that could all change um, if this interpretation of the Green Amendment stands. I'm curious, um, especially given that uh, with Seneca
2: Meadows, you've got the permit right now, uh, permit application, I should say, for expansion in the infill the valley infill uh, there obviously one of the largest landfills Um, with that as the backdrop uh, is there a little more pressure or concern
3: about how the state proceeds here well i mean no one no one has asserted as far as i know anyway no one has asserted green amendment rights um with respect to Seneca Meadows but that could easily happen i mean if it happened at High Acres it's the same it's pretty much the same situation at Seneca Meadows so it it, it just remains to be seen who decides to try to uh you know assert these rights and and also how how the uh the Hokal administration decides to handle this judicial decision are they going to say well yeah we agree with that that's that's the way that ought to be the new uh the new rules of the road, or are they going to file an appeal uh, that tries to maintain the status quo, to try to to try to make the green amendment more of a more of a symbolic um, act than something that's actual practical use to the people that are subjected to the odors? They they might they might prefer to keep it symbolic so that their regulatory regime stands as it is. I was going to say that seems to be as
2: much coverage. And I I know that this is incredibly serious stuff um, as much coverage as landfilling and as um, these environmental issues and environmental regulations, uh, mostly in the the lacking uh, category are uh, in New York state, as much coverage as all of it gets, it seems to from the outside mostly not have a huge impact on things day to day. Or, or you know, year to year in terms of operating these facilities that, you know, many say do have a, a pretty significant environmental impact. So, like, does could this be another one of those where it's it is just kind of a symbolic, um, a, a symbolic piece, and the state doesn't really press anything too too aggressively?
3: Well, I think that. It- I mean, it all depends on on uh, the you know the the legal nuances that are that are finally settled on, in, in you know in this case and in many other cases to come, and on appeal. In this case, we don't really know exactly what the rules of the road are going to be yet. And I, you know, some of the opponents of the green amendment, like the Business Council of New York, you know, they said in in in, a, in opposing the green amendment, they said, "Oh, you're just going to be giving a blank check." with very vague language nobody's going to know what it means it's going to be years of litigation and it's going to go back and forth and nobody's going to know you know what the rules are for so long that it's going to be a real impediment to economic development in New York you know that's that's a you know certainly legitimate argument to make um, there's going to be a lot of uncertainty uh, I think probably for uh, for some years maybe maybe many years um, as to how this will be applied. But um, on the you know on the sort of extreme end, if it if it really gets um, uh, total endorsement by the by the courts, that yes, citizens can um, can go directly at the administration um, and the DEC when they do not get environmental results. See, right now the law is based on permits. Permits are that is. That's pretty much as far as we go. We do a permit, and if the permit is granted, that's it. If you don't like the results of the permit, kind of tough luck. Um, The Green Amendment is saying that's not good enough. There has to be a higher standard, or at least under this
2: interpretation. Right. Um, So I guess my, my last question here is, what do we expect next, and what would be a logical timeline for seeing this uh, perhaps start to to play out in Albany.
3: Well, I mean, I think the next thing that I'm really looking forward to and and waiting for is the uh, uh, the D the DEC's uh, decision to appeal or to not appeal. I would I would bet strongly that they are going to appeal. The question is, let's look at the language. What are they trying to appeal? What are they trying to say? we don't want this, what, you know, what, how far will they go? And, uh, and I, you know, I, I called the DEC yesterday in the governor's office, and they didn't want to bite on that at all. They, 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 uh, they just sort of passed the buck saying, uh, go talk to the attorney general well, The attorney general doesn't make the decision on this. It's an administrative, you know, it's the administration's decision. If not the DEC, then the governor, it's not, you know, the, the, the attorney general carries out, the uh you know represents the interests their interests but they're not the deciders on this
2: um yeah in other words and correct me if i'm i'm wrong kind of trying to summarize here like what the implication would be you're saying that the state could kind of cherry pick which elements of this they want to appeal and perhaps kind of play a play both sides along the way if they don't choose to really attack uh, attack it at, at at its core,
3: well, what what they could do? I mean, they could they could appeal this case and say, um, we we strongly believe that uh, the the regu- that the the regulatory permitting regime that that, uh, that that you know is the best for New York because it represents the best balance of environmental protection and economic development. Um, it's just it's just wise to to go that route rather than to. Um, say just you know you can make decisions on environmental issues alone in a, in a vacuum they could make that argument um they could also you know they could make an argument like that and lose um and still in future cases um you know continue to basically ignore the the, uh, the ruling and then somebody would have to sue and you'd have to go through the whole process again so there's a there's a lot that we just do not know at this point we just have to see how, uh, how, the, how the actors, uh, what moves they choose to make.
1: Thanks, Peter and Josh. Coming up after the break, more on the price of eggs and the latest in sports. We'll be right back. Dr. Jeffrey Halstead has been Canandaigua's hometown dentist for more than 35 years. Canandaigua Dentistry offers routine dental care as well as cosmetic dentistry, implants and dentures from a highly trained, experienced staff. A proud supporter of local veteran organizations, Canandaigua Dentistry offers veteran and senior discounts as well as an in-house dental membership program for people without insurance. Dr. Halstead and Canandaigua Dentistry is committed to providing you with personal, professional care. Whether you are searching for a family dentist or a cosmetic dentist, the Canandaigua Dentistry team promises to go the extra smile for you. Stop by the office located at 3240 Middle Cheshire Road in Canandaigua or call 585 394 Five two three zero to talk with the team today. Visit www.canandiguadentistry.com to learn more and find them on Facebook and Instagram too.
4: DeSanto. Since 1937, the difference has been DeSanto Propane. That's 80 years that DeSanto Propane has been servicing the community. DeSanto Propane is four generations strong as a trustworthy family-owned business, which is why everyone recommends DeSanto Propane. Choose DeSanto today and see why for 80 years DeSanto Propane has been heating the community with unmatched customer service. Go online at DeSantoPropane.com or call toll-free. 1-800-752-4574 and like DeSanto Propane on Facebook for more tips and info today. DeSanto is celebrating 80 years and there's never been a better time to switch to propane to fuel your entire house. oh, oh Oh, oh, oh DeSanto Since 1937 the difference has been DeSanto Propane.
5: Today's program is brought to you thanks to support from Chicino's pizzeria and restaurant live laugh and eat well it's the italian way it's the Chicino's way auburn auto group experience the difference at auburnautogroup.com finger lakes partners insurance for your life home auto and future get a free quote at fingerlakesinsurance.com little john and barbie orthodontics celebrating over 40 years visit them online at littlejohnortho.com upstate fiber networks mass and reliable fiber internet straight to your home Check for availability in your area at UpstateFiberNetworks.com. Miday, Miris and Ricky, your hometown personal injury attorneys. Get a free consultation at MidayMirasRicky.com.
0: Welcome back to Finger Lakes Today. I'm Paul Russo. It's time for some sports. Got Nate Sharman and Jim Senecropi here for that. We'll start off with an exciting night of high school hoops. Uh, We were over at Waterloo last night, myself and Nate. Tigers come away victorious 50-46 to 46 over the Marcus Whitman Wildcats. Uh, thrilling game, to say the least. Um, really exciting stuff. A couple dunks. Nolan Saluka had 23, including an alley-oop. Uh, Brody Royston led the way for Marcus Whitman with 11. But um, really a, a fantastic uh, game that really got the night going for what was an exciting full slate, really, of Finger Lakes East basketball.
6: Well, I watched you guys broadcast last night. Great job. Um, the alley-oop was pretty mm-hmm. sweet. You don't see that every day. No. No. Um, Two-handed, by the way, too, in high school, which is (laughs) – you don't see that every day either. Um, Off an alley-oop. Yeah. Yeah, so um, it was a a good game. It was a much-needed win for Waterloo for most of the second half. I thought Whitman was going to win the game. I love watching Greg O'Connor's teams. Um, They just – and not taking anything away from any other teams, but um, they're a little short on talent this year compared to the teams of the past and they're playing in a tough league in the Finger Lakes East, but, man, they box out, they set good screens, they play 90 feet, um, so it's always fun to watch, but it wasn't enough last night. Um, Waterloo overcame a technical also in the second half uh, to get much-needed win. They really need to right the ship, and I think a loss to Whitman at home last night would have really been a, a big setback for them, but they got the win.
0: I definitely thought it was a big win, too, because, but as you mentioned, I mean, look, this is a Marcus Whitman team that, um, they've played, they played everybody pretty hard all year. I don't, I, you know, the record, to me, I said it last night, to me, and it still holds true, I don't think the record is really indicative of kind You're of how like they seven play. they 7-8? Yeah, they're 7-9 now. 7-9 now? But, I mean, as you mentioned, Coach O'Connor, I thought, they came out at halftime a completely different team. The yeah. adjustments that they made, I think they are more prepared to handle that full-court press that Warloo was in, and really, <clears throat> excuse me, took that next step and really, like you said, I mean, they almost came back and pulled it off. I think
6: there will be a force in, I think they're C1. C1. Um, Blue Eye there in the center was mm-hmm. pretty impressed with how he's come along. He had a nice little baby hook at one point, yep. which was kind of something you don't see every day in high school basketball. Um, so, yeah, I think they'll be a factor in C1.
5: If Pendergast doesn't foul out early in the fourth quarter, I think it could be different down the stretch. He was playing well. Yeah.
6: But on the other hand, you know, Waterloo, can they win B1? It wasn't looking like it for a while, but this win puts them right on the right track. Hopefully they can continue to improve uh, for the rest of the season, and I can't wait for Class B1 sectionals. And speaking of Class B1, Newark, Geneva. Yeah, final there was 52-39, Newark over Geneva
0: uh, in the Panther Den. I know, Jim, you were keeping an eye on that as well last night a little bit. I had two
6: screens up last night. I had the – Newark and uh, Geneva came up uh, with no volume, and then I had the Waterloo-Whitman game up with volume with you guys on the call there. And uh, Newark just um, physically, they look like they're the best team. I mean, they're big boys. They're athletic. Um, they got height even at the guard position. And I think they did last night to Geneva what I thought they'd be doing to most teams all year long. And as much as we've criticized Newark, I guess, for some of their losses this year, or sometimes uh, their offense just goes away. Um, I think they're number, second right now in B1 sectional point standings. So that's right where you want to be. And they're also, you know, in, still in contention for the league, although Palmack has probably a inside track on it. But disappointing loss for Geneva, no doubt. The first time they met, um, Coach Ed Collins wasn't on the bench. Uh, I don't know why, but he couldn't be there. Um, but he was there last night. I thought that might make the difference, but uh, Newark was just too strong.
0: Yeah, I mean, the B one you mentioned because that's obviously big. And Nate, something we even talked about a little bit last night because uh, obviously White Water B one. I mean, the bulk of you know Finger Lakes East is B one. So, I mean, the except reminders and yeah. Whitman and, and Wayne but, Oh yeah, Penyon's a B two two. But I mean, they all see each other plenty, and then yep. Usually we have our fair share of matchups come sectional time between them again that tend to be really good games, tend to be the decisive rubber matches on the year between these schools even. Yeah, Yeah, even though Waterloo was
5: playing a class down in terms of sectional points, I think it was important for them to kind of keep pace um, and and gaining points and trying to get a better seed in the brackets.
6: Yeah, and uh, that adds to the rivalry between um, these schools because they – Play twice in the regular season, and then they have a lot of times a rubber match in the postseason with everything on the line. And, and those wins and losses are ones you remember for a long time. So yeah, we're getting closer and closer to postseason high school basketball. Any so, do any games
0: tonight? Of, of no, um, nothing. No, I know it's a big Wayne County slate on the boys' side and girls' side. It's uh pretty much the mixed bag of Finger Lakes East and West today. Hmm. So um, yeah, Waterloo Mid-L-
5: Waterloo at Mid yeah, girls. Yeah, I'm that's about a say, good it's one.
0: That's probably the big one. So uh yeah, officially now now I can say it's officially February
6: with it being It is official today. <laughs> Happy February, everybody.
0: Uh switch things over to the gridiron here quickly. Uh just of note, Bills fans, you got three more guys heading to Vegas for the Pro Bowl. Dawson Knox, Deion Dawkins and Roger Soffold are heading off to be replacements for Travis Kelsey, Orlando Brown, and Quentin Nelson. Uh, but the main breaking news on the gridiron today is um Quarterback Tom Brady has officially retired, quote
6: unquote, for good. Yeah, this time around. You'll probably see him in the broadcast booth next. Yeah. Well. So, um, it's a little disappointing. It's always interesting yeah. having him play, and there was a question of maybe he might end up with even like someone like the Jets or um, someone different this year. But and is I'm never a huge fan. Um, is get sick of watching win all the time (laughs) but uh as a 50 year old man it's always nice to see some guys that are at least in the same you know era still being able to play but um yeah it's uh it's uh, how old is he 42 no i think he's 42 is he
0: is he that young because he's been in the league for 23 years i think he's probably 44 or 45 that's old to 45. play football. Forty-five, 45 yeah. years
6: old to be playing football. Yeah. Holy cow! As a yeah. Retire, retire. Enjoy the rest of your life.
0: There's no Kenny Stabler out there, but uh, <laughs> I mean, crazy. look, look. You have to look at look at the accolades here quickly, right? I mean, seven-time Super Bowl winner, as we all know, but all-time leader in passing yards with over eighty-nine thousand yards. <laughs> like uh, when you go at it for that long and torturing, you know, poor Nate over there for many years. All Bills fans. Tough, tough deal, I'd imagine. So. Yeah, I
5: thought he would do a redemption tour uh, and go back to San Francisco, go back where home is, and, and do one year with them, especially under Kyle Shanahan. I kind of thought that would make sense for him.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was I, – I'm not going to say I'm still might you surprised, know. but I figured if he came back at the end of the last – well, came back from our retirement this past off season, and obviously with everything going on in his personal life, I'm surprised that uh, this this was it. I frankly figured he'd – be around for at least another one or two years if he did that the way it all played out i
6: don't know at age 45 man it's got to hurt when you get hit and (laughs) you gotta ask yourself like why Mm -hmm. you know he's got nothing else to prove he's got plenty of money um could do anything he wants so um okay see you later tom brady Mm -hmm. i will say one thing is there anything stupider than the pro bowl in all of sports uh In addition to the guys you just mentioned, also named to the Pro Bowl yesterday was Tyler Hunley and Derek Carr. I mean, I I don't know if I necessarily have a
0: problem with the Derek Carr one, necessarily. You're talking about Pro Bowl, you should be the top
6: two quarterbacks, right? If it was a true All-Star game.
0: I'd say they're both in the Super Bowl at this point, but... (laughs) I mean, well,
6: I, yeah, that, that's something that happens in this and that makes the Pro Bowl yeah. stupid, too, is that it happens during Super Bowl week, so you don't got anybody from either Super Bowl teams playing, but it's just, and they're doing flag football with Peyton and Eli coaching. It's just ridiculous. It's not, they shouldn't even have one. They should name people to the Pro Bowl, but don't actually have a Pro Bowl.
0: Yeah. I like the Skulls competition side of things, though, but I don't know. I kind of like the kick tack they used to have with the kickers back in the day. Shout out to, Everybody who was a special teams member in their time playing the gridiron stuff. So <laughs> appreciate Jim and Nate chipping in. So that will do a care of sports for today.
1: Thanks, guys. It is time to talk about those pesky egg prices, right? Something I think we all have been dealing with. Um, bakeries in particular are feeling the pain of high prices. In fact, Caffe 19, which is a small breakfast, lunch, and bakery spot here in Seneca Falls, has been spending... $400 a week on eggs. Here's owner Casey Galloway with more.
7: I'm the owner of Cafe 19.
1: All right, tell me a little bit about where we're sitting. Obviously, a lot of people know about Cafe 19, but what is it?
7: So we're a, a small cafe in the heart of Seneca Falls, and we, um, our theme here, as you can see from the pictures on the wall, is women's rights. We have suffragists from the women's rights movement uh, adorning our walls. Uh, we put a lot of effort into the quality of the food and beverages that we serve using local products, and you um, should stop it and try it sometime if you haven't.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, and I mean it really, that why is it important to, I'm getting off topic, but why is it important, I guess just as an introduction, to work with local, local, mm-hmm. I guess vendors or providers?
7: Well, it's nice to build those relationships with people in your local area who are, Um, sort of working towards the same goal as you is serving good quality products to people and caring about uh, we put so much effort and care into the product that we make that it
1: makes sense to also work with other people who do the same and so but the restaurant business i mean restaurant cafe the food industry and owning a place like this it's 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 traditionally a challenging industry yes the restaurant business is tough yep um so it starts out being tough. Like it just, thats the baseline, right? Um, And then you kind of throw it into the mix. Um, You're a bakery and you have all these beautiful um, baked goods that I can't wait to try after this interview. (laughs) But um, I mean, how are you doing that with the price of the eggs being astronomical?
7: Well, it's definitely challenging. Um, You know, there's really only two options. You either have to cut your portion sizes or, you know, raise your prices. And those are really the only options that you've got when inflation happens, and it's been happening a lot lately. <laughs> yeah, it has.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, what have you done?
7: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we will have to raise our prices on some of our baked goods. Um, and some of, you know, some of the desserts, will we try to make things without eggs.
1: Uh, That's what you're doing? You try yes. to be
7: creative? Yep, be creative, not use um, as many eggs and things like uh, We've got some vegan and gluten-free options that don't need eggs. Um, and just you know be that you can make lots of good things without
1: using eggs too. so we are trying to
7: cut back on the use of them. You know
1: what's interesting is for quite a while, a chunk of my life, I was vegan. And I remember when baking, there was always like a mixture that you could make of an egg substitute. I think it was like applesauce and flax or something. Mm-hmm. What do you know about what that is? I've never used applesauce to make it. I,
7: it's called a flax egg and I it's a just flax, egg. flax seed. And you can also use chia seeds and mixed with water. And it, it has a similar effect to an egg in a, in a baked recipe. You can also make uh, macarons, this is weird, but with uh, it's called aquafaba, and it's like the liquid from chickpeas, canned chickpeas. You can use that and whip that up and make macarons out of it. Cause it acts similar to egg whites when you whip them.
1: That's so cool, though. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't think that's weird. That's like crazy cool. Uh huh.
7: Um, it's fascinating what you can do with with foods. I mean, it's just fascinating. <laughs> well, yeah, and
1: especially so. So you're getting creative. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I mean, you have to because you're adopting. Yep.
7: Well, you know, I I like to say this sometimes, but even, you know, during COVID things got difficult and I didn't go into business to go out of business, so you have to get creative in what you do to keep the doors open. I have, you know, employees who rely on the business working to keep them employed and that's very important to me and I'm you know going to do whatever it takes to make sure that everybody stays here and, you know,
1: people are relying on this place for sure and I mean it it, it is and it's good that you you think about stuff like that and and it's just it's so cool to see the creative aspect of it but um so when did it start becoming like an issue like when did it start to really get like oh my god we're gonna lose a lot of money now because of eggs
7: the eggs in particular uh, I noticed the increase about a month ago okay it was really bad I (laughs) i ordered three cases of eggs and the cases of eggs have 30 dozen eggs in them and it was 400 dollars to get and that's what we're going through in one week so i was like holy cow yeah yeah
1: <laughs> it's a lot four hundred dollars a week that's like a car that's a carving yeah yep it's hard to
7: stomach but you know even not just the bakery, but we serve a lot of breakfast here. So omelets and oh, breakfast no. sandwiches and all that stuff. So, you know, there's, a, we use the eggs for a lot of stuff. So.
1: Is there a way to work around eggs in the breakfast?
7: Not uh, really, not, you kind of need eggs. Yeah, not really. The avocado toast, but we still put eggs on that.
1: <laughs> you do, yeah. yeah.
7: So, but yeah, oatmeal, but. Most people don't want to eat wholemeal every day. No. It's good for you, but most people don't want to eat it
1: every it day. It is very good for yeah. you. Um, Okay, so I guess talk about um, how things are going. So, like, how are you coping with that now with the $400 a week situation? Have you, Did you change how many you ordered because you're being creative to try to come up with ways to have other options? So. I'm not, I'm looking for other ways
7: to cut costs, too, because some of the purveyors are expensive, you know, some of the, like, because not everything comes from local purveyors. We try to get as much as we can from local purveyors,
1: but still have to use Cisco, you know, for some stuff. Got to be like a combination, usually. With most, in most situations, it's like a compromise. Like, you wish you could use all local. Right. But it's just maybe not reasonable.
7: Right, like, I can't get vegetable oil. you know there's just just some things like that or our paper products for our to go food and our pastry boxes like I can't get those local so I you know it's just researching and sourcing places where I can get a good quality product for cheaper than I you know than I was getting it before I'm just
1: cutting costs everywhere they can. And so that's kind of what you've been doing? Yep. So um, in terms of like I guess how does when something like this happens, when like some price of some good that is used in your everyday business skyrockets, how what's like the emotional toll that it takes on you as a business owner? Like, how does that is it very
7: stressful? It's definitely stressful, it's hard to stomach, but you know, it there's we face challenges every day, whether it's you know the prices going up or an order getting messed up or you just something you baked didn't come out right you know what i mean like it also it's a constant battle to just you know move forward and just figure out how to make
1: it work and that's what you've been doing Mm
7: -hmm.
1: and so um in terms of other things like i guess breakfast do people have the the prices of, of some of the breakfast items had to go up Because of the egg situation.
7: Well, we only change our prices when we, like, when we update our menu twice a year. So right now, they they haven't gone up. So again, it's really just
1: where can we cut expenses in other places to make up for that. So where can you? I mean, you said you're looking at like where paper goods come from and stuff. Yeah,
7: that's something I just did. I started ordering uh, my to-go boxes and cake boxes from a new company and they're significantly cheaper than what I was paying for before you know what even though it's difficult because the the price of eggs goes up there's always something positive you get out of it and that is it forcing you to look at what you're spending in other places you know I, I may not have looked at what the price of the boxes were for another two or three months had the egg price not gone up and I needed to figure out how to know make up the difference there
1: so right but you guys i mean i've eaten here so many times and i know that like part of the i think from what i can perceive is like you really like the quality to be there Mm -hmm. from every level so like the boxes are a really nice touch Mm -hmm. like they're not your typical like plastic weird things that you have to do the edges you know what i'm talking about yep they're boxes and they're earthy and i feel like it's part of the vibe here Mm -hmm. so i feel like for you it's probably a little difficult because you don't want to sacrifice quality for your people Mm -hmm. because
7: and that's the thing i you know i was able to find boxes very similar to the ones that we're using there you go that
1: were just a lot cheaper (laughs) so you just had to do the work exactly yeah Which you already have a ton of work to do here i'm sure yeah i mean i guess other than that you answered all of my questions i think you shed some light on to kind of like what i'm sure a lot of bakeries are going through yeah um Anything else that you'd like to add or anything that you think people should know about your business or about kind of anything else that's going on? Well,
7: even though, you know, it's difficult with prices rising, there's still like, we're still very successful and appreciative of the customers that we do have. And we actually were just able to do an expansion to our bakery. So we have a whole new room for our baking so that we can produce even more.
1: Uh, deliciousness for people. To so I'm interested to hear, I think Paul has some opinions yeah. on this interview. Thank you, Casey, of course, for talking to us about that. But what is your takeaway?
0: I think not, it, it's strange. I don't think it's anything maybe necessarily from eggs. I don't know if maybe that portion of it's just because either I'm just so ground down from this hearing about inflation on everything under the sun, but really the entrepreneurial spirit about like, look, how what, what 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 ways what paths can can we take and she take to find not not discount right but try and keep prices as low as possible. Right. And for her, she said I thought it was pretty big, right? I mean, finding a new paper product like distributor, right? Something that, like she said in the, in the interview, right? It probably will have been something she needed to address anyway in a few months down the line. But forcing to kind of do that now, or and kind of finding that path, I thought you know it's a big takeaway because look and it's not just cafe 19 it's probably a lot of these smaller right i mean not a lot mm-hmm. i mean we know it's a lot of these smaller institutions that that are going through this and you know it's not it's probably not going to take you know just right raising your prices and something like that it's go. be these different paths to go down so right i mean that was my main takeaway from it i i, I think that um Something like that really shows, I think, just the spirit still there, the want to is still there, to really succeed and stuff like that. So you said the entrepreneurial, yeah, yeah spirit, yeah,
1: so. which I feel like you either have it or you don't, right? You know, it's but it's the
0: nose of the grindstone aspect of it. it's a never-ending grind.
1: It is. I mean, and that's what she was talking about. You know, like the restaurant industry being at its baseline, a very challenging industry, and then. You know there are substitutes that you can come up with for when you bake with eggs, and then maybe nobody knows the difference mm-hmm. right but then when you're making avocado toast that I know Nate is very <laughs> interested in avocado toast with an egg, isn't that right Nate
5: yeah i'm just, I'm just a little hungry right now
1: he's <laughs> a little hungry, so he was he was really interested in this in this interview, but um you know you can't fake an egg on a piece of avocado toast so um but we have gotten mm-hmm. a lot of feedback from people you know we just got a a facebook comment someone suggesting a place to get eggs i know um i got an email about solders i know paul you said that there were eggs available yeah. at a specific place that were yeah
0: burned dairy down here on fall street in sunga falls uh they had, the, they had some cheap eggs for a little bit or well i guess cheaper eggs for a little
2: bit there you <laughs> Dep- go depends
0: i guess what your term of cheap is with eggs now at this point but i mean yeah it, Look, if I, I think it's one of those things too, where maybe, and that's the thing about right. I mean, it's we have to look. You have to look at it from two sides, right? Yeah. From the individual, whether it's me buying the eggs or you buying the eggs for your own the use, mm-hmm. or right at this bulk level for say Cafe Nineteen or any other you know bakery or, or or restaurant, right? I mean, it's a tough. You can't just go to you can't just go to say Walmart or Tops and expect to to get that type of thing or solders maybe even for that matter, but. Um, they're they're kind of trapped more i'd say in a little bit of a box than than say maybe we are that can do the exact true <laughs> go go store to store and see whatever's cheaper cheaper but right you know. okay. so
1: we got the suggestion of, yeah. of your burned dairy we have yeah. someone suggested solders um someone just commented actually on our facebook page that autumn autumn's harvest farm has not raised their prices on free range eggs so i think you know, putting this out there and hearing from people that you know maybe, especially in Seneca Falls, like yeah. I haven't, I've heard a lot about what's available here in Seneca Falls, but I yeah. haven't really heard about yeah. pretty good. I know that. I mean, the public market for like living sometimes in downtown Rochester and going to the public market on Saturday, yeah. I've had really good luck with getting eggs that are not expensive. I know? love.
0: I love a good. I love a good farmers or public market. You love do? It. Yeah. Yes.
1: You I'm got very, a, have, when was I'm the pro the Rochester Public Market.
0: I've never actually been to Rochester's, fun fact.
1: Wow. Or not
0: as fun fact, maybe for some
1: <laughs> That's not fun for no. me. That's something that we got to get you road trip, right? We're gonna go down there and we're gonna I go mean, to the yeah. market on Saturday. I'm gonna I make mean, you guys meet me there. I go
0: to I go I go up to Rochester enough anyway in the summer. So what's okay, so one right? more trip for me is not gonna I don't think will affect too too much there. So
1: well, I'll tell you what I just I, when I was at the market uh, a couple weeks ago, I learned about cronuts, Paul. Oh, yes, I do know
0: what a cronut is,
1: yes. Nate, do you know what a cronut is?
5: Sounds like the mix of a crouton and a a nut. No. No. So -hmm.
1: it's a a fresh croissant Mm -hmm. that's Ah, deep ah. fried and glazed, so it's a croissant You have said something about
5: this to us, now that I remember.
1: Oh man. It's fluffy goodness. It is. Ooh, man, is it good. It's so good that it's bad type of a thing. Like you, yeah. you eat it and you're just like, wow, my arteries are like, fa-fum, fa-fum. <laughs> like they're not happy about this, but I mean, it's so good. I mean, if you're only indulging, you know, when you yeah. go to the market, it's not the biggest deal, but nah. the cronuts at the market are so good. The eggs, the peppers, I mean, apples, I, there's so many things that, mm-hmm. It's just a matter of getting up and going yeah. on a Saturday because like Wegmans is about convenience. So I'll go to Wegmans. It's convenient. I right. get the eggs. buy a prescription, you know, to pick up, and then I'll go to Wegmans. Right. But I think that we're, we're making some road trips. I think we're going to maybe take a trip for avocado, get Nate some avocado toast. We're going to take a trip to the Rochester Public Market and get you guys some cronuts.
0: Get Nate a cronut. I can't believe you never had a cronut. I'm stunned. That's right up your alley. <laughs> I have not.
1: I actually brought Abby in, one of our um, web developers and graphic designers. Hi, Abby, if you're watching. I brought her in a cronut, and she was she was feeling it. I mean, and her and I have this theory with donuts where, like, if you even if it's a couple of days old, if you microwave it for 10 seconds, it's, like, good as new. So I think I got it to her. Like, I picked them up on Saturday, and I got her the cronut on Monday mm. or Tuesday. And she was able to microwave it, and she was just she loved it so certain
0: certain donuts are like that though
1: it depends on the donut yeah
0: I prefer like if I'm going the classic old-fashioned route yeah. donut wise I prefer them a couple days later
1: really
5: yeah Nate I, I like them fresh yeah I was about to,
0: well I mean look I Nate you don't fully understand this but Rebecca and myself understand the the red light being on at Christmas. the Kreme, hot nows and yeah, I we mean, do. A I fresh I don't, I don't a, understand it, so I won't a comment. Fresh glazed donut. From
1: crispy cream. Just as different. Oh. We're,
0: we're so far down a path now <laughs> we're we've
1: kind of rabbit holed yeah. and spiraled, but like I'm not gonna be mad about the no. fact that we had this conversation. No. No.
0: no. Likewise, I, I think it's the perfect perfect punctuation to end the show on, <laughs> if I say. I agree. Alright. So that will do it for this edition of Finger Lakes Today. We'll be back tomorrow morning at nine a.m. Rebecca and Nate will be over here at the desk. So until then, be sure to check out FingerLakes1.com for the latest online, or you can download the fingerlakes app for breaking news and updates delivered right to your smartphone or tablet. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see everybody...